You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hi, Melissa. Hey, Elisa. Time again for Kiki Show Ever, episode 341. It's the How are you again. this week? Oh, stressed. <laughs> if yeah. I could, if I could scream, I, I don't want to. I don't want to blow out anybody's eardrums. But that—that's—that's that's in a word. What it would be like this week? <laughs> that's my check-in. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> I know. I can't believe it's the end of September already. We're officially into fall. It is. It's officially we actually, fall. We had really nice weather this week, and it's supposed to be really nice this week, temperature-wise, but rainy. And then we get back into real fall into the 60s and 50s. Oh, I can't wait. I, I just, I want to get out of the house. I'm really, really itching to get out of the house because we've just been, and, and anytime we do, it's like, we'll think, oh, it's it's nice out. Let's let's open up the windows. Let's open up the doors. And then I kind of regret it because then all the allergens come in. Uh, but that's been a big problem. Yeah. So I just got to get out and, well, now that the kids have weed whack, so that should, that should cut down on a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. Looking yeah, forward to it. That's that time of year. So why don't we go into a little housekeeping, like feedback? We want to hear from you. And how do the people get in touch with us? They get in touch with us by emailing us at podcast at geekiestshowever.com. Or you can go to our website, Mm -hmm. geekiestshowever.com, and leave us a comment. That would be nice. It'd be nice not to get some spam once in a while. Let's have some real people. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Before we recorded, I went onto the website and deleted all that spam. Uh That just... Seeing that, seeing that number in the comments makes me crazy. Uh, so we must be popular. <laughs> got rid of it all. Yeah, got rid of it all. So speaking of feedback, we did get some feedback from listener Andy, and this is in reference to last episode when we were talking about the Apple event. He said that he was been waiting for some new iPads to be released, and now he's thinking about buying the iPad Air. Mm. And he'll get back to us once he does. Lets us to let us know what he thinks and what size he bought. And he also said, I agree with you about the Apple services deal. I only use News Plus and TV Plus. Mm -hmm. I use Google YouTube music for my streaming music. Apple, I'm sorry, Google and Amazon are much better for smart home stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had gotten, now that you said that, I'm reminded that somebody did comment on one of my Facebook posts and they said that they would start by getting rid of the music. So it's interesting that it seems like uh, if you're, unless you are, because I know you are, but unless you are really steeped into the Apple Music and that's part of your your main ecosystem deal, it seems like m- music is one of the first things on the chopping block that people would like to replace. Because there's so many others out there that are competing, which, you know, the competition makes it good. So, like I said, I mean, you know, there's people other people like that like my- Spotify better. And, you know, like I've been saying, you know, we've, we've been trying to roll our own. We have our own collection that we've been, you know, burning CDs and stuff for years and years and years. And I've just been trying to use that within the house. Now, if we were traveling, it might be a little different. But um, it just seems like everybody has either they like Apple Music or they have their own music service that they're kind of beholden to or that they like better. So it's just another case for My bundling. Apple Music renewed today. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep, my Apple Music renewed today, which I'm fine with. I don't really care for Spotify. I don't like Amazon Music, even though mm-hmm. it's part of my Prime subscription. I would get rid of Arcade. Mm-hmm. I yeah, have right. no interest exactly. whatsoever in playing games. Yep. And News Plus I can do with that yeah, because there's so many other places. Just like other people mm-hmm. have music options, there's so many other news options. So I, I really wish that we could, as you say, roll your own. Mm-hmm. Or we could say, I want this, this, and this. I want more data. 
uh, more storage, but I don't want the arcade, but I do want Apple Music, but I don't want Apple mm -hmm. TV. How much will it cost me? I have to wonder, do you think maybe if they did it that way, if they did allow you to customize it, do you think more people would buy into the bundle if they did it that way as opposed to I think so. kind of alienating some I think users? So. I, I, I would think so. I mean, I'm yeah. no economist or anything, but that's that's what I would think. I would think it would be a whole lot more popular. I mean, look at we, we can touch base on this a little bit. I, I wanted to go into I don't have a whole lot to contribute. I, wa I wanted to see what your thoughts were on iOS 14 that we just got in between the last time that we spoke. And one of the things that I keep seeing repeatedly over and over again is how much people love customizing their home screens. That's like a huge thing right now. And wouldn't wouldn't it be smart of Apple to ride the coattails of that whole like, gee, <laughs> you think people like to customize their stuff? You think they, you know, you told us all these years to think different. And if they if they let them customize their bundles, I, I just I think it would be a win-win. I really do. Well, especially for people like, well, like me, I've got Apple Music, I've got Apple TV Plus, which I'm still in my free years. I'm not paying for mm -hmm. it, but still, I've got Apple TV Plus, and I have um, iCloud storage. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's a big so component of it. So if you said to me, instead of, you know, you're paying $99 a year for your music, you're paying uh, $3 a month for your storage, and you're paying, what is Apple TV, $5 a month? Right now, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, so you're paying, I don't know, I don't know off the top of my head, you're paying, let's say it's $12 a month. Mm -hmm. Well, if you could do it for $10 a month, mm -hmm. I might say, okay, or if they said, well, instead of only getting this much storage, you're going to get this much storage, but you're going to pay the same price as you are now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay. Yeah, because like I had said the last so, time, I'd be willing to even go down in the storage. Like two terabytes is a bit much for us right now. I'd, I'd be happier at one terabyte. I'd be happier with, with half of that. Because like I said, we're using like over... We're we're just stuck in the middle. We're we're not at we're way past the two hundred gigabyte tier. We're like in you know a little bit past five hundred gigabytes. But then you know, I mean, I I did say you know it's it's good to have a lot of storage so that you can grow over time. But I even still I I still think two terabytes is a bit much. I I would like to be able to you know add on like maybe five hundred five hundred gigabyte increments or something. I don't know. I guess it would be like an accounting nightmare. But come on, they've done this stuff for how long? They can handle it, I think. Yeah, there's got to be some yeah. way that they can. They've got some sort of Our automation uh, computer program that would yeah. say, yeah. yeah, that would say, well, Melissa wants these, mm -hmm. this, this, and this, so it's going to cost her this much a month, and mm -hmm. Elisa wants this, this, and this, and it's cost cost her this much a month. I mean, I'm picturing, and then we both say, sounds good. I'm picturing this this interface that they could have either on their website, or there could be an app for that, <laughs> or something. You know how we have shortcuts and we have widgets, we have all these things that we can move around and customize, wouldn't it be cool if there was an interface where you could pick and choose your services? And it, like, like almost like a buffet or like an a la carte of Apple services. I just think that would be so wildly popular if people could say, okay, well, I, I want this amount of storage and I want, I want the Apple Music, but I don't need the arcade and I want this and I want that, you know, put them together and have it algorithmically, you know, figure out what the price is going to be. And then you'd know what you were paying every month. And then if things get tight, you can, you know, scale something back. Like, okay, well, I can sacrifice news, you know, because you know, maybe I'm, I'm, these other services are just much more important to me and I really can't live without them. Or, you know, when times get better, if the economy improves, then, you know, people can add more on to the bundle. You know, it's just, I don't know. It just seems like it would be a really great yeah. thing to do. I mean, it would be fun too. And also, 
Yeah. And also let people pay by the year if they choose to. Oh, yeah. Knowing that you're going to get even a bigger discount if you prepay for the entire year, like Mm -hmm. I am for Apple Music. I'm now paid through 2021. Yeah, that would be such a load off. At the same time, knowing that if I cancel at any time, I don't get that money back. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's that that chance that I take, like, they're, they've been pretty good about prorating things um, when you cancel it. I don't know about the the yearly membership, but, I, but yeah, I would think though that they might charge you the full mm-hmm. price, and if there's any money left over after that, maybe mm-hmm. you get that back. But you kind of go into it knowing, okay, if I commit mm-hmm. to paying two hundred dollars, let's say for the entire year, I get all these different services, I get all this storage, but if the after eight months, if I cancel for whatever reason. I'm out whatever the rest of that money would have been. Mm-hmm. And so it's like Apple's giving a little and you're giving a right, little. Right, and you get rewarded for your loyalty. Everybody loves right. that. Right, as opposed to maybe maybe it would have been 230 or $240 had you paid mm-hmm. it out over the 12 months. Mm-hmm. You know, But only you as an individual can determine, first of all, do I have the $200 to pay up front? And number two, is it worth it to me to save that 30 or $40 potentially by paying it all up front, or is it better for me to do it month by month in case I change my mind? Mm-hmm. And then there's also the you know, and each individual person has to make that decision, right? And it's ni- and it would be nice if we really could have more power to make those decisions on our own instead of it being kind of made for us. And then there's also the Apple gift cards. Now, wasn't there a change? Now there's no longer. I think they made it so that it's no longer like an iTunes gift card and an Apple Store gift card. Now it's right. just a it's one right. unified. Work anywhere. Yeah. yeah, I I was really happy to see Yay. that. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that that gets applause because I can't tell you. I mean, I've always used the the iTunes. I've always like. There's been a few times that people have gifted me an Apple Store gift card, and I was like, oh, gee, thanks. Like, you know, I have to buy something a little more extra expensive. <laughs> I I wish it would have been an iTunes gift card. You know, what I mean, like that, I can really get some mileage out of. Whereas it's always just been the case that yeah, sure, it gets people into the stores to go spend money on the merchandise that's in the store. But we all know, come on, there's always deals to be had elsewhere and you can't get those same deals. So that's just me being, you know, thrifty. (laughs) Well, didn't they used to have iTunes cards and a separate card if you wanted to buy apps so that you could buy a card that would only pay for apps, not for music and the music would not pay for apps? That sounds familiar. I think that was a long time time ago. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So it just goes to I show only that they iTunes or Apple Store. Yeah, it just goes to show that they that they're willing to grow on that. So I think that even just bringing that up kind of brings me hope, thinking that maybe maybe the same will be true with the bundled services. Maybe they'll be more flexible over time. That's something to look forward to. And I, well, of course, I look forward to the sales. Not too far away now. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of non-flexible, uh-huh. let me tell you what happened last week at the Apple Store. Oh yeah, I've been waiting to hear um, this. <laughs> Yeah. Um, when I bought my computer, my MacBook Pro on Black Friday last year, uh-huh. I spent over $2,000 on this computer. Yeah. And I said, I am not doing Apple Care right now. Mm-hmm. And they, I said, that, that I, I only have so much money. You know, I just couldn't do it at, this, at that point. And the guy says, well, don't worry about it. You have, you're covered for a year. You have one year to purchase the Apple Care. That's the way it's always um, been. You know. Yeah. At least I thought. So I said... I don't think it was. I think we only had three months in the past, but I, I could be mistaken. But he said, you have up to a year to purchase the Apple Care. He goes, just go online and you can pay for it online. I said, great. Okay. I said, I will probably do it that way. So about two weeks ago, I said, I want to, it's time to buy the Apple Care. 
So I go online and I go to hit Apple Care and it says put in your serial number and it comes up. They can't, you know, I'm not eligible. I'm like, what? This, this, this can't be right. So I try it again. Nope. So I call Apple and they say, oh, well, after three months, you have to bring it into the store so they can check it out. I'm like, they told me in the store that all I had to do was go online and pay for it. Yeah, the checking that, out thing. Oh, no, they've new. got to check it out. Well, they have to make sure that there's no damage to it and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Fine. Made the appointment for, when did I go? Friday? I think it was Friday I went. And all that happened after you jump through all the hoops before you can finally get in the store because they take your temperature and you got to wait on a certain line and da-da-da. So they finally bring me in. All the guy does is he goes, can you open the lid? Can you go to about this Mac? He takes a picture of my serial number. That was it. Oh he didn't God. look my computer over. Wow. I had every, I, mean, I had, you know, I had the cord with me. I had everything with me. He didn't do anything. And I just said, education discount. It still cost me 300 something dollars with the tax. Aye, aye, aye. However, however, here's one of the changes. It used to be when you bought Apple Care, it was really two years. You were covered for three years. The first year is what Apple gave you. And then the Apple Care covered years two and three. Now Apple Care covers you for three additional years. Oh, really? So I am covered through, through September of 2023. Huh. So, and here's the thing. I'm, I, in effect, lost two months because it went into into effect the day I purchased it. Mm -hmm. I said, why is it not in effect until, why am I not good until November? They go, well, it's, it, it takes place the day you buy it. Mm -hmm. That that I've always known to be the case. It's always the, by the purchase date. So what would have happened is I would have only had three years if I bought it last November which is what we are normally used to, I have an additional three years. So I really had 10 months and three years. So three years and 10 months of coverage. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you made out that. I said, yeah. Hmm. And I said, well, what, what's, I said, what's stopping me from waiting until November and just coming back in November and doing it? He goes, you can do that if you want. Mm. He goes, but then you have to make another appointment. And then I'm thinking, well, if COVID comes back the way they say it's going uh -huh. to and everything closes down again, yep. then I'm totally SOL. Mm -hmm. I said, you know something? I'm here. Let's mm -hmm. just do it. Which brings me to a little bit of a tip. I went to pay for it and I've got the Apple card. Mm -hmm. And if when you pay for something on your wallet and you have more than one debit or credit card and the one that comes up you don't want to use, so you swipe over so you can get to the next one, mm -hmm. wasn't working, wasn't oh, working. No. Like, what the, the heck? Worst. Why is right this when you not need working? It. <laughs> it's not yeah, I know. I'm like trying to tell this guy I have a clue about, you know, yeah, Apple products. Right. And then I'm swiping, I'm swiping because I had updated to OS, uh, watch OS 7. Uh -huh. And then I went, uh, hmm, let me try this. So I took the crown and I twisted it. Oh. It swipes up now uh -huh. instead of side to side. Oh, boy. So if you have more than one card, swipe up instead of side to side. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a bit of a change. And he, you he didn't that know out. that either. He goes. But he didn't know it either. He goes, that's the oh, best. <laughs> I didn't know that. You got to that like, educated well, Apple store employee. I love it. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Uh, he should have given so, you a three months there for that. Bit, <laughs> yeah. So Apple Care is a little bit different than it used to be. If mm -hmm. you have uh, water damage, they charge you, um, oh, what did they say, $299 to fix the computer. And if you break the screen, it's $99 to replace the screen. 
But anything else, like if your logic board dies, your key, you know, your keyboard doesn't work anymore, then that's a covered covered um, repair. That's what saved my bacon every single time that I've. I mean, not that I've bought that many in my lifetime, but I bought a few a few laptops now, and I always I never got it on the desktop, but I have always gotten it on the laptop and it's right. always paid for itself. Me too. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, it's still too. worth it to get it. I mean, that's kind of the moral of the story is, you know, it's still worth it to get it, even though it it's it just it hurts. It's like it costs so much. But in in the long run, it it really is worth it. So yeah, if you have one repair, because I've had logic board repaired, I've had the keyboards repaired. Mm-hmm. I wonder. That's what oh, I, I think. That's what I had said to you when they when they asked you to bring it in to inspect it. The first thing I thought of when he said that it was, I wonder if that's because of so many problems with the keyboards and the displays. That display ra- ribbon cable has been really wonky, and the butterfly keyboards. I wonder if maybe they just made that a new protocol that they have to inspect it first, thinking that maybe that's a common thing that needs to be repaired or something. But you're saying they they didn't even really look at that. Nope. He took he took his his phone. He took a picture of the serial number, looked it up. He goes, "Yep, you bought this computer on this date." And you know, yep. verify your name, address, and your email. I said, "Yep, everything's good." I said, "Give me my education discount." He goes, "Up, oh, thanks for reminding me." And he goes, "Okay, this is how much you owe me." I'm like, okie dokie. That's great. <laughs> so it could have. So you wanted been to do a check in. <laughs> Uh, you wanted to do a check-in on distance learning? Um, only to say that we are trying to get creative. I have been listening to either podcast episodes or reading articles about, you know, because this is all new to everybody, thinking about ways to kind of keep the kids engaged with the remote learning. And, you know, I, I like I was saying before, like I struggle with, you know, mouse shoulder and repetitive stress uh, injuries and things like that. And I think, you know, the kids are young and, and they're they're supple yet, you know, but it's still something that I think they need to learn as far as, you know, how to, how to set up your workstation and things like that. But then for example, I, I heard on one episode of a podcast, they were talking about like little, littler kids. And, and that's one of my big concerns is for my 10 year old that who have such a hard time sitting still for such a long period of time. So this last week we, we tried something different instead of him sitting at his desk and workstation. I actually brought him out into the living room. At first I was like, no, I want them to be like in their rooms. Like we're going to pretend that that's the temporary classroom, you know, eh. I, you know, you start out with these ideas and then you just have to kind of get flexible. You just, you have to think differently about, about how you're going to do things over time. Cause you start to realize that eh, this might not be working out so well or, you know, there's there's agitation and stuff. So I, I brought him out to the, the living room at the coffee table and I have a yoga ball. So I brought that out. And um, I'm just going to say it, that the Chromebooks are just such a piece of crap. I mean, that's what the school issues, the kids. Everybody thought, oh, this is so great. Remember back in the day when they talked about one laptop per child? Remember that whole mm-hmm, program right. and everything? And that's, yeah. you know, where we are with that is kind of like that's what this is now is. Every kid gets a Chromebook. You get a Chromebook and you get a Chromebook. And, you know, people think it's the greatest thing until you actually have to really put it through its paces with this distance learning. And they're really a huge failure. (laughs) They just are. And it's not just me. I'm reading about it everywhere. I mean, because, you know, I'm a parent with kids in school. You have a a child who's a teacher, an adult child who's a teacher, and you hear about it. And And they use Chromebooks. And it's never any good news. Like, I don't hear anything positive about the things. So... What's been frustrating the most is I, I think where they fail the most is the video, the video function when they're when they're trying to use Zoom or Meet or whatever the platform is that they're doing. It is such a tiny screen and 
the the little trackpad is really kind of janky and stuff. So okay, you know, we'll we'll add an external keyboard to it, just like I had been talking about. We'll add a mouse, you know, and I, I, we'll plug things in. Well, that doesn't always work. It doesn't always recognize the connection, even though it's a wired connection. You know, that was a struggle. But just the the screen and the the way that the teachers are teaching, and and this is not to say that I don't have any beef with what the teachers are doing. My God, the teachers are just they're just trying to to figure it out too. Everybody is just in this in this terrible terrible boat at the same time. But the way that they're disseminating the information, like they're you know videoing with the kids, and I know the teachers are having trouble. They're having to either hook up another device or something. And they're even telling their kids, they're like, hold on, you know, I can't see what you're showing me because I'm in this other window. And they're having to, you know, vocally communicate that so that the kids understand, like, yes, I'm paying attention to you, but I'm taking attendance. And I mean, it's just, it's just, it's awful for them. And then on the, the side of the kids, it's awful for them because having to engage with the the video and, you know, the teachers want the feedback in the chat there, but then they're also supposed to be working on a Google Doc or, um, you know, another a worksheet or something like that. And it's just, it's, it's just madness on that teeny tiny little screen. So, and then, and that's even, that is even if you can get connected. <laughs> and so this past week I had to get creative. Now, luckily I have older iPads laying around and I'm telling you, that's, that's why I like the Apple gear because I'm telling you this stuff is five, 10 years old. I mean, it's old and it still works better than the Chromebooks. So I ended up setting up this week, and I'm I'm going to continue continue with it this week if we you know keep trying to do a variety show here at the house. Uh, I set up an older iPad on a tripod with like a tripod mount, and that's how my kiddo got connected to Zoom. And I I like typed a message to the teacher. I'm like I'm sorry, I've been trying to get him in. His Chromebook wouldn't let him in. I said we had to use his, his iPad because I know in the beginning they preferred that the kids use the Chromebooks because there's a power and there's all these, you know, management and stuff on there. And of course I totally support that. And I, so I, I sent her a message and she's like, that's fine. We're just happy. He's here. <laughs> she was so happy. A kid like got connected. <laughs> she's like, I don't care how he gets here. <laughs> so it's been, it's just been this like kind of comical situation. Although at the time I'm not laughing, I can laugh about it now, but at the time it wasn't so funny. It was very frustrating. So that's, I'm going to leave it there. That's been my check-in is just trying to get creative and trying to be flexible. And I have to do the grounding exercises now myself. (laughs) I know I get the phone calls from the sun. Okay. I have to vent. This is what's going on now. (laughs) Yep. And they want us to do this. And then this is happening. I'm just like, Mm. just Mm. lay it on me. Yeah. It's it's so good that you're there. Otherwise, otherwise it's just going to, Yeah. I think the, teach, the teachers screaming. just he need to vent. vent. I mean, they just, you know, it's they just need, it's not complaining, really. I mean, it is complaining, but it's not really. It's it's venting. There is so much pressure built up. Everybody is in this huge pressure cooker. And so many of us are just like, you know, we just write it off. <laughs> but then on the other side, it's like, no, I don't really want to write it off. Like, I want to try this. I want to try to get through this. We are geeks. We, we have the technological know-how. We should be able to do this. We should be able to help each other. I don't want to just completely write it off, but there are some things where I just, I do have to take a step back. Like there was, you know, he was getting behind on worksheets and I thought, okay, look, she's not breathing down his neck for it. And she's got her own things going on. I am just going to have to just step back and just let it go. There's other things we've got, we've got to deal with. So prioritizing, that's, that's been a new, learning a new skill. Okay, so as I mentioned, I updated to iOS, uh, or keep calling it iOS, watchOS 7. Mm -hmm. 
Now, one thing I've noticed with it is I was telling you last week about how my battery yes. was just draining as we were sitting here. Yes. It is so much better. Oh, battery yay. is so much better. Right now, right now I am at 52% right. and I have no complaints about that. Wow. So, so that's it's what it's been anywhere it's, oh, from. Knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's been anywhere from, depending on the day, 35 to 50% when I go to bed. And even when it's at 35, I'm good with that because huh. when it was 35, it was days that I had a lot of texts or a phone call or exercise or something that made the, you know, would make the battery drain a little quicker. Mm -hmm. So I'm really happy about that. Great. What I don't like is this is my, like my little mini review of the sleep function. Hmm. I said, let me give that a try. And you have a serious uh, five, right, right now. It's a correct. Okay. I thought about going for a, a series six and my husband just laughed at me. He's like, yeah, only you. <laughs> but I looked at the trade in value. The trade in value was two, no, $180. I think it would cost me $210 and it's $180. Mm. And on the one hand, it's like, oh, okay, I can get a brand new watch instead of paying $399. I can get it for $210. Mm -hmm. But I only bought this watch in February yep. and I'm only going to get $180. That's less than half of what I paid. It's like, mm. do I really want to do that? No. Mm -hmm. So I'm keeping it. But the sleep function, I give a thumbs down. Mm -hmm. A lot of the sleep apps, eh, I've tried a couple. They're, eh. So I tried it for three nights. And the first night. I'm having trouble hearing you. <laughs> that was Siri. That's funny. <laughs> I, and and sorry about that. And I have it on Do Not Disturb. Yeah. And she still heard me. That's interesting. Which did you, is okay. it a built-in feature that you used? Or did you use an app specifically? The sleep. No, this is an Apple feature. Uh -huh. yep, this is, this an is Apple new feature. in WatchOS yep. 7. Okay. Correct. So the first night, it never took the settings. You go on to, you can do it through the watch or through the phone. It just never, the settings just never took. So mm. nothing happened that first night. I said, okay, I must have done something wrong. So I will say user error for that. So the second night, so this was last Friday night I tried it. So Saturday night, last Saturday, it showed me a sleeping through the night which was from 11.22 p.m. to 6.08 a.m., which is not true because I woke up numerous times, mm -hmm. as I usually do. <laughs> and then it showed me sleeping again from 6.09 to 7.49, and then again from 7.56 to 7.57. And I had the sleep schedule set from 11 o'clock to 8 o'clock on the weekends and 11 o'clock to 7 o'clock on weekdays. Mm. But the watch knew that I got into bed at 10.19, even though I was laying there and watching TV. Mm. Which is kind of cool because I didn't do anything to say, okay, sleep mode. Interesting. It just kind of knew that I was in bed, which was accurate. Now, the third night on Sunday night, it had me in bed from 7.25 to 7 a.m. and sleeping straight through from 11 o'clock at night to 6 Yeah, we know that doesn't happen. <laughs> that's never happened in my yeah, life. Right. So that's not true. So the settings are ambiguous too. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, I set a schedule for Sunday through Thursday to go to bed at 11 and wake up at seven. And assuming that bedtime would be Sunday night and then the wake up would be the next morning. So meaning Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, bed at 11. And then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of the next day would be get up at seven. Mm -hmm. That's not what it does. If you do Sunday through Thursday, that means getting up at seven o'clock Sunday morning and going to bed at 11 o'clock Sunday night. Huh. 
So it's really, it's confusing how you said everything mm-hmm. and I, I didn't care for it. And then before you go into bed, they have what they call a wind down. It's supposed to notify you that, okay, it's time to wind down, time to, you know, turn off devices and brush your teeth and wash your face, put your, you know, that kind of, just <laughs> it's like your mother, calm yourself down before you, <laughs> yeah, before you get into bed. Okay, and mom. you can set it for, you know, 15 minutes. So I set mine for, <laughs> no, it sounds like my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's what, that's, that's my brain. <laughs> but I don't want to. There's so many yeah, other I, things. Wait, yeah, you really, mean the, I got the kids to bed. Now you want me to go to bed. But this is when I, this is when I have my brain to myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. That's what I that. do. I sit there and I think and mm-hmm. I think and I think. Um, but the wind down did nothing. It never notified yeah. me a half oh, hour okay. prior to say, okay, time to chill. Uh-huh. So I just said, you know. Nope, not liking it. <laughs> I don't think a watch is really. I I've heard good things about the kind of devices that you stick under your mattress. Yeah, because that's supposed to feel your body moving around. It yeah. To be uh, honest, those are expensive. I, I like, you uh, know uh, from trying Fitbit and you know Keegan has a little knockoff version of it and just just doing the research in it just because I struggle with insomnia and and it's something that I like to learn about and something I'm always constantly working on. I've just kind of, I don't know, anytime they talk about this new sleep function feature, I to me personally, it's just kind of a gimmick because I know what a sleep study is. Like I haven't been on one myself, but my husband has and I have numerous friends who, who have and, you know, studying sleep has to do with your brain waves and what's going on in your brain. It's not as much about what it is, what it means to be rolling around. I mean, sure, there's there's restlessness, but come on, I, I have restless leg syndrome. I have all kinds of restless issues. So it's just something for me personally, this just wouldn't be enough or it, it just, it wouldn't be very conclusive. Just like what you're saying, it's very ambiguous and I don't put a whole lot of stock in it. It's It's good. I won't completely dismiss it because it's a good way, just like it did for me back years ago when I did start thinking about this, it is a good way to raise awareness about sleep. Um, the breathing apps, you know, all that kind of stuff that it does seem gimmicky, but it really is a good tool for getting you thinking about it and getting you focused on trying to it. And then as you learn, you're like, yeah, this is really just not a real true science based as far as it's not a true study of your sleep because it's not you know, if there was something that that you could like a hat or something you could wear that had like electrodes on it that you could, you know, stick to your forehead or something that that synchronized to the watch, then I'd be like, yeah, maybe we're talking here. But just to have something that you're wearing on your wrist and that's the only data point for it, I think that's a little, I don't know. Like I said, it's just something to, to make you aware of it. But I wouldn't put I wouldn't place a whole lot of effort into it. In fact, I've read uh, studies or I've read people saying, and I have felt the same thing that when you're when you're using a tool like this, you kind of have to be careful because it, you could end up getting more anxiety from being frustrated dealing with the tool that you're using, in this case, the Apple Watch. And that can be contributing to you losing your sleep because then you're stressed about sleeping. You're, you know what I mean? You're, you're stressed about all this stuff. And so it kind of ends up being counterproductive. So I, I think it's one of those things you have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. Use it as the tool that it is for bringing awareness about your health and taking a look at these things. But then don't put so much stock into it that this is what you base your decisions off of. You know what I mean? It's it, like like yeah. you've just demonstrated. You can't base major decisions on on that. You know that you didn't get near as much sleep as as it reported that you did or vice versa. So just got to pay attention to your body. Yeah, I and, wanted to give it 
Yeah. I wanted to give it a try, you know, give it a a shot. And I'd love to hear from any listeners who've used it and think it's great. And tell us why you think it's great. Yeah, I would too. What is it about it that's helping you? Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe it would be worth for me to give it a try. I could, you know, if you have any tips, you know, more than happy to give it another shot if, Mm -hmm. if any listener has used it and feels it's been very successful for them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's always there's always people that look at it a lot deeper, you know, than our cursory uh, review of it. So, yep, would definitely love to hear more. Okay, so what we're going to be talking about tonight um, is a little bit of genealogy, specifically Ancestry.com. And if you've been a listener to this show for any length of time, you know that Melissa has dipped her toes into genealogy and then I am into it big time. Big time. Mm-hmm. So what I wanted to talk about tonight was just how to get your tree started. What, you know, how would you go about doing this? So I want to start though, by saying I'm in no way an expert in genealogy or using ancestry.com. So don't think I am the be all and end all. I'm just going to share a little bit of my experience. And it's just kind of a cursory overview of just how to get things going. Now, if you're wondering why I chose ancestry over another type of service, I don't remember, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah. I joined in 2002. That's a long so time. Wow. 18 years ago. Yeah. And I stayed until 2004. I had a subscription from 2002 to 2004. And then I kind of, eh, kind of dropped out, dropped in, back and forth, you know, a little here, a little there. But I didn't start really taking it seriously again until 2015. And then I rejoined uh, Ancestry. And what I highly recommend that you do, if you are taking this seriously, to not just use an online service, whether it's Ancestry or MyHeritage or Genie. I'm not sure if it's pronounced Genie or Geni. It's, G, it's G-E-N-I. Um, whatever you end up choosing, get software for your computer. Whether you're a Windows user or a Mac user, use a program on your computer. Because there is going to be certain things that you don't want out there publicly. Yes, that's a good point. That you can put mm-hmm. on, that you can put privately. Um, for example... Uh, I have reached out to people, uh, sometimes through DNA, sometimes uh, just finding a, a common name. I've reached out to people on Facebook and, uh, let's see, Facebook, I think we're actually Facebook and just sending people an email. Mm-hmm. I reached out to this one person. It was just a total fluke. And it turned out that she is a Spanish teacher, I believe, in New Jersey. She's a few years older than me. And we share a common ancestor. And I wrote her a letter, an email. Mm-hmm. And I just said, it sounds like you're related to so-and-so. I'm also related to so-and-so. And here's how. And she wrote back. She's like, oh, my God, we're cousins. Wow. Let me, I'm going to, she goes, I'm going to get in, you know, have my mom get in touch with you. So her mom sent me this really long email with all the information about that branch, the family I had no oh, idea about. Oh, that's amazing. And she said, I'm going to tell you a few stories but you have to promise me it doesn't go online. Right, right. And I said, what I will do is anything that you tell me that is public information, I will put online. Uh-huh. Like this person and this person got married. Right. But if you tell me something. Like a story or something. A personal story or mm-hmm. something like that that is not public knowledge, <laughs> that story goes into my genealogy program under that person's name. So that's why you really want to have two separate um you want to have your, your your Mac version and you want to have your online version. That is a really now, great thing to bring up because I've always wondered about that because that's that's kind of been my my sticking point that keeps me from really diving deep into it is like I'm always worried about, 
you know, people wanting their, I mean, I want it too. Like people want their privacy and there's, like you said, you point out there's a difference between what is publicly available, you know, marriage records and birth certificates and things like that. It's, it's amazing what is out there that's publicly available. And I guess people just have this notion of, of privacy that, that they think that they have privacy, but they don't, but you know, stories and things like that. And I, I almost kind of cringe a little bit when I do see I'm, I'm part of two different families online, one that's my, part of my family on my side and one that's part of my husband's family. And they do share stories. And I don't think that there's anything salty or anything um, embarrassing in any of these stories necessarily, but the fact that they do share such personal stories on Facebook where it is so public. I mean, you know, granted, it might be a private group or it might not be a private group or it might be um, a group that's, you know, a little bit of both. You have to be invited to be into it. So there's some semblance of privacy there. But come on, it's Facebook. So I still kind of consider that public because anybody could gain access to it very easily. But I do kind of cringe a little bit at some of the, the things that people share. And I think, oh, did you ask if you could share that? So I like the way that you put it out there that you kind of have the social contract in a way when you discuss something with people that, OK, you know, I'm a person who values privacy as well. And you kind of really set the expectation. You laid it out there that, yes, you know, I will definitely keep these things private to myself. I'm grateful for you sharing these stories that could be helpful to me or a family member or something. Um, you know, it even could be like health stuff. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons why I want to know more about it, because I think it's important for people to learn about their their health in the genealogy. I think that's a really important thing. You want to know about heart disease and things like that. And so it's important to share that kind of information. But then yeah, you probably don't want that to get out publicly because, you know, there's so, there's so many other reasons why you don't want to share that stuff out in the public necessarily. You could be, you know, unfairly marketed to or you know, who knows. Um, but I, I like the way that you put that out there, that it's you set the expectation that this this will remain private. And, and we agree with the social contract that that's that's how it will go. But this other stuff is public. And so I'm allowed to do that because it is public knowledge. Right. If she had told me that, you know, this person robbed a bank and spent 10 years in jail, but mm -hmm. not very many people know about that. So please don't make that public. Uh -huh. I would put a note in my program that, you know, so-and-so robbed a bank in 1922 and spent 10 years in jail. And I would know that is not something that I would put on Ancestry, but that is also something I wouldn't put on Ancestry anyway, anyway right? Yeah. unless I had a newspaper clipping uh -huh. that talked about the robbery. And then that and would then be public. Subsequent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's public and then I can't, I'm not breaking any confidences. Mm -hmm. I also don't put pictures up. If I find someone's like what I do, a lot of people put up pictures and that's what I find the most fascinating. Mm -hmm. I will, there's a way that you can add them to your tree. So if, if, if you and I both had a tree and I, we had a relative in common and I put a picture of that relative up, you could take that picture and add it to your tree. Mm -hmm. And I would know that you did it. Oh, interesting. Okay. And that's okay. And, and that's okay. Now, th when you do your tree, you can make it public or private. The, there's pros and cons both ways. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're someone who's really, really private, you can make your tree private so it's only for you. But then you don't make these connections with other people mm -hmm. because that's how I have found some relatives. Like, hey, you know. Can't really grow the tree. This person, <laughs> you know, are, are, are you this, you know, here's my relative. It. And your relative, do you think these two are the same people that I'm that we're talking about? And you know, sometimes we can go back and forth like that. So, as far as what I use on my Mac, I'm using a program called Mac Family Tree Eight. So you are and using it's up that. to version okay. nine, right? Because mm -hmm. I, I have that too. I, it is up to version. Oh, you do? Yeah, it's up to version nine right now. But 
I don't see any reason to upgrade. Yeah, I was I was thinking I'm, the same I'm fine with thing. Version 8. I, I got it, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, there's, there's a sale. And that, I was going to ask you about that. Maybe you'll talk about that later as far as pricing goes. But th- there is kind of an investment, if you will, that, that needs to be made. So, yeah, originally I, I bought Mac Family Tree 8. And then I thought, okay, you know, I'll have this for a while. But it does seem like they, because then I went back and I looked through the history. It does seem like that they, they update it every year and it's going to be that same kind of thing. It's probably going to cost you like around 60 bucks or something, you know, within, within give or take if there's a sale or something, but it seems like it's going to be almost like an annual fee in a way if you were to keep upgrading every year. But like you said, you probably don't have to upgrade unless there's, you know, some real compelling reason. Unless they have a feature, if they Mm -hmm. have a feature that you specifically want, then great. You know, I started with version seven, I upgraded to eight, I also have the iPad and iPhone versions, and they, they're obviously less money. Mm-hmm. I don't care for those versions. They're just not as easy to, you know, to maneuver as it is on your computer. But, but it's probably there. good for, like, the if you were traveling, is, right? Yeah, like, let's say you travel to some other. other country to go get information, and you only took your iPad with you, then that would be a handy thing to have to document that stuff. Yes. Yeah. Yes, but I only right now I use it like, you know, if I'm visiting my brother and he goes, well, didn't that person graduate high school Mm -hmm. when they were 16? I can go, I'll let you know in a second. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I also have Ancestry on my phone, too. So Uh sometimes I'll just open Ancestry instead of Mac Family Tree. Uh, But the price of Mac Family Tree is $60. It goes on sale a lot. Mm -hmm. So if it's something that you're interested in, wait for it to go on sale, especially with the holidays coming up. It just came off sale maybe a week or two ago. It'll be back on sale again. So is it usually so you, 60 you and that. then it goes on sale from that? It's usually it less. It goes on sale 60. for, it used to be, I think it used to be 50 mm-hmm. and it was on sale for 25 to 30. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. So I figure, think that's you know, when I grabbed it. $30 it'll mm-hmm. cost. Yeah, it'll cost you. Now there's another popular app called, I'm not even sure how to pronounce this one. Heredis, H-E-R-E-D-I-S. Looks good to me. 2020 World. Interesting. The price is $50, but right now I got an, I've, I'm on their emailing list, even though I've never bought their product. It's currently on sale for $23.99 until October 6th. And I've got links in the show notes. So if you want to go directly, you can just go to the show notes and you can go directly to these apps. It's on sale until October 6th, which is a week from this coming Tuesday. We're recording on Sunday, the 27th of September. Mm-hmm. I'm debating whether to buy it just mm-hmm. to give it a try. So you can compare the, the thing two. is, I don't want to, but I don't want to double. My tree is huge. Yeah. It has a lot of data. I'd be like reinventing the wheel. Double it up. Yeah. You know, I'm already eating all my my hard drive. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm kind of going back and forth about it. I'm. Yeah, that's I don't know. a we'll tough have to one. see what happens. There's another app called Reunion, and that used to be the app that everyone on the Mac used, and it could be because that might have been all that was available at that time in the early 2000s because I know I had it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't, couldn't tell you what version, mm-hmm. but that's what I used. And now we're up to version 12 and it's $99. So it's not a cheap app. Yeah. Now, the website is very dated looking and it doesn't reflect when the software is updated. So I have no idea if version 12 came out this year, three years ago, five years ago. I really don't know. I'm sure you could email and find out. Mm-hmm. But it seems like the message boards are current. So it's worth it to check it out 
if you're in the market. I think it's really important that just you so put you that in there. Else to compare. Exactly. Just so you have something to compare to because it kind of helps you like this is how you evaluate where you want to spend your money. And these are some things to look at. And then you can compare feature sets and, you know, their their timeliness of their updates. And because that's one of the things that's important to me is I like to look at the, you know, how often, how frequently do they update it? And how well do they support it? Because if I see that they're supporting it a lot, then yeah, then that's that's where I'm going to put my money because it seems like you, you'll get the support that you need from it. Yeah. Now for Reunion, you have to buy it through the website. Mm-hmm. For the other two programs, you can get it through their website or you can get it through the Mac App Store. So it's up to you how you want to do that. Okay. So you're ready to begin your tree. What do I do? So you sign up for the Ancestry.com. It's free to put a tree up. And what you would do is you start with yourself. Obviously you put in your full name. If you're, if you're a married woman, put your maiden name, don't put your married name mm-hmm. because the documents that you're going to be looking for, for women are going to be mostly when they were single. Interesting. Their birth certificates. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Their, yeah. um, you know, their marriage certificates. So you want to put your, your maiden name. Then you're going to fill in your birth date and where you were born. And then you go from there. You put in your your parents, your siblings. If you're married, put in your partner, your children. Now, and you do the same thing. Their names, their birth dates, where they were born. And if they've died, you put in the date of their death and where they died. If you have that information for your more extended family. Um, if you don't know information, that's okay. You can always fill it in later. It's not like you're required to do it now and never again. If you want to put a photo of that person, you can put a photo of that person. So there's a, uh, a marker, use, you know, there's, a, there's a placeholder that you can put at some point. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you can put, and I'm, and I'm, I started to put pictures in of older relatives, like my parents, my grandparents, hoping that maybe if someone sees it, they'll go, Hey, I know that person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And maybe get in touch with me. Will it happen? Hasn't happened so far. But you never know. You never know. You never know. And it also makes it look and also makes it look more complete. Yeah. But it's not like it's required. You don't have to do that. As far as your tree is concerned, you make like I said, you can make it public or private. If you make it private, no one will find you mm-hmm. when you're doing a search. So, for example, Melissa, say you and I share a common relative. We, mm-hmm. we both have the same uncle. And I find that person on your tree, but you have your tree is private. The only way I can get information is I would have to email you and say, Melissa, hi, you know, my name is Elisa. I think we have the same uncle Joe. That's even if you read my email, mm-hmm. because some yeah. people don't do that. Right. It, it might end up in a spam folder. Tree. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. If it's a public tree, then I can I can just take any of information right off of your tree. Interesting. Now, of course, you have whether that information is accurate. Who knows? Uh-huh. Because I'm not really sure how that uncle relates to you. If it's like your mother's brother, then I'll know it's pretty accurate. But if it's maybe your grandfather's cousin, yeah, you know, sometimes it's the same name because I have had that with other people where we have what we think is the same relative, but it turns out to be two people with the same name. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a lot of messages like that in my family. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. but you don't know. It's like you you're saying is you don't know unless you unless you try, unless you reach out to somebody. And then that's how you get more accurate information by sharing information with other people. And you get to make corrections and learn yep. new things. And 
Yeah. It's... Yeah. And nothing is set in stone. If you realize you made a mistake, it's very easily corrected or you can delete that person. I would probably so start out you... private because I would want to fill it out to a certain point and get it all ready to go. And then I would make it because then you, you can start out private and then make it public, right? Yes. Or you can start out public and make, and make it, it private. private. Okay. That's you good. you are in control of the settings. Now, whether you are what even if you are public, anyone who's on your tree that is living shows up as private. Interesting. So if you were to do a tree, your parents, your siblings, your husband, your children would show up private. Mm -hmm. So I could look at your tree and go, well, I know she's married and I know she has two boys, mm -hmm. but I have no idea how old they are. Interesting. And I see her mom and dad are still alive, but then I can see the name of your grandparents because they passed. Uh -huh. Right. Or any aunts and uncles or cousins that have passed. Mm -hmm. Those people I can see, but anyone in your tree who is living, I will not see. The only way I will see that information is if you share your tree with me. That's really actually fascinating I to think of it that everything. It's, it's the dead who are still available to be looked up and it's the dead who are connecting people possibly. Mm -hmm. Because that's that's the information. Because that's I share my tree with yeah. a few people, huh. like with some of my cousins and like they share with me. So, we you know, we go back and forth so I can see everybody. Huh. So they put something new. I see it. I can take it. I have something new. But usually with one of my cousins, I just email her. I'm like, look, look what I just found here. And I send it to her. Yeah. And you guys have fun also, talking about also, it. She's really into it. And she's also visually impaired. So it oh. makes it easier for her if I just email it to her as oh. opposed to just putting it on the tree and saying, hey, I just put this new piece of information on my tree. Uh -huh. So when you look at your tree now, okay, so now you've got your tree. Across the top, it's going to have your name and your personal information, your birth date and where you were born. Now, if you look down the left-hand column, it's going to have facts about you. So I'm looking at me, and it's got where I was born. It's got the birth of my siblings, where I lived, when I graduated high school, when I got married, when I gave birth to my kids. In the center column, it has the sources, and I'll get to the sources in a second, but all the sources that I use to connect to me. Then in the third column, it's got my family. So it shows my two, fa my two parents. Then it shows my husband and it shows my children. Now, do you put your birth certificate in there, your kids' birth certificates, your marriage license? Do you do you upload that stuff? I in have there? not, but I could. Mm -hmm. See, I haven't and I could. And the thing is, I really should do that, but I focus more on the older people. I see. Like I don't have anything pretty much in for my kids. Mm. Like, yep, they were born. <laughs> I didn't put them when they when they graduated high school. Mm -hmm. I didn't put like where but they're you working could. now. You can put oh, all absolutely. that stuff in But there. I'm focusing on, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm just focusing on older people. Because mm -hmm. um, that's a lot of work um, right there, just focusing on the older people. I guess you kind of feel like, yeah, kids, oh you can God. do their own, you do your and own you, stuff. <laughs> and and it's, a, it's, a, um, it's a rabbit hole. Oh, yeah. you click yeah. on something, yeah. and then you click on something, and then you click on something, and then you click on something. Oh, I'm, I'm telling you, so, my husband else. and I get really addicted to this. My, one of our kids brought home for, they were taking an introduction Spanish class, and all, I... All it was, it was such a simple assignment. All they were asked to do was to go home and ask your parents about, you know, these relatives. And they were given a little simple worksheet. And the purpose of the assignment was so that they could learn, like, abuela. They, they could learn the names for the different Tito, you know, all the different relatives in the family in Spanish. That's all it was for. And Nate and I sat down on it. And I, we did. We got sucked in. It was amazing. We started 
filling out the worksheet with with the kiddo at the time. And all of a sudden we start getting curious about it. Next thing you know, he's making a call to his mom and I'm making a call to my mom. And we're mm-hmm. asking all these these questions. We're reaching out to people on, on Facebook. We just, we fell in. We just, we just fell down the hole. That's why I, I ended up getting the the Mac family tree. And then that's kind of where I left it because then I realized like, like you're about to say that, oh man, it's such a rabbit hole. And I just, I, I know that I can just fall in so deep. So it's one of those things where I need to just set aside and devote time to it. And it does, it just, it, it just takes a lot of time. So well, having said problem. that, I'll have, yeah. Ha- have you like developed kind of a workflow since you've been doing it for so long? Are you able to no, get in and get out? No. So there's, no, so there's no hope no, for no, me. No. I mean, I'll, I'll <laughs> have, I'll have 15 minutes. Like I'll get a hint and I'll say, okay, I've got to get that. I've got to like work on that one hint. That's, that, that's something, well, We'll talk about You're it driven time. to do it now, but I'll be looking at that one hint and let's say it was you that, you know, maybe I'm related to you. So I look you up. I want to do it just then, to find out if we're related now. <laughs> and then, and then I, I find all these things on you. So I'm taking all those records and I'm putting them onto ancestry and I'm downloading them, putting them <laughs> into my tree. Then I go to newspapers.com and then I'm looking to see if I can find any articles about when you got married, when you graduated high school. Is there an, is there an announcement that when you were born? And then all of a sudden I'm like, ah, oh, damn, two hours just went by. <laughs> I only meant to do this for 20 minutes. So there's no hope for me. It happens Great. all That's awesome. the time. <laughs> so if you still have a free ancestry account, <laughs> You can do a search on somebody. The only records, though, that you can use for free are Social Security mm. because you can go to the Social Security data, um, uh, database index and look things up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So for those, you can do for free. Mm-hmm. But if you find a census, uh, that you have to pay for. Oh, if you find uh, something in like um, uh, obituary collections or yearbooks or immigration that you have to pay for. I noticed so at that, that point it's going to I noticed that recently when my, it's gonna my ask grandparents you, which, which one do you want? Yeah, you have to pay for obituaries now. I mean, I guess I don't know, I guess I'm behind the times. A mem- but. Well, a membership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a membership and there's different there's different accesses where and it depends once again on what you are looking for. I have what's called the all access which gives me Every single record on Ancestry, it gives me newspapers.com, which is another, I found so much on my father's side of the family. Oh my <laughs> God. I have newspaper clippings like you would not believe. Wow. And it also gives you Fold 3, which is for military records. And I haven't had any luck with that. Even though many people on both sides of my family were in the military, hmm. I haven't been able to find anything from that. I find more on Ancestry than I do on Fold, but it's hmm. all part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um so the other thing about Ancestry is, and you do not need an account to do this, and I'll, again, the, the link will be in the show notes, is there's articles that will give you an, uh, an overview on how to research and then what to do with the records once you find them, how to attach them to your tree, how to interpret them. Um, again, link in the show notes if you want to look those over. They're really, really good articles to kind of guide you as to how do I do a search for birth records? How do I do this? How do I do that? You know, a lot of it you can probably figure out on your own. But if you're a little bit confused, mm-hmm. um, that's those are articles that you can look at. Um, also, if you decide to do the DNA, which I did, and I know a lot of people have negative feelings about that. Is that where fine. you like spit into um, a tube people, and mail it off? That kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Is that is that yep. all it is anymore? Yes. Is it just saliva so far? Or is there blood? Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Nope. Nope. All I did all was spit the, into all a the tube. All the saliva, huh? 
Wow. And about a month later, and if you're looking for a DNA test, the Ancestry test, they run $99. But at the holidays, they have, oh, actually, quite often, they have them on sale for $59. Hmm. So that's what I paid about two years ago during the holidays. And it gives you a list of potential people that could be your relatives. That's Some people are doing it just for their ethnicity. Mm-hmm. You know, someone always told me I had part Irish. So let me find out if I am. Mm-hmm. And then you get back your results and it tells you you're part Irish and part British and part <laughs> or, French. Or no, nope, sorry. They were, they uh, were just telling, no, you're Russian. <laughs> yeah. That bless me. I'm a hundred percent Russian, Russian, Polish, Jewish. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah, I knew that. I knew that. But they're always updating the, the, uh, algorithms that they use so that they can more give you a more, uh, pinpoint as to what you are. So instead of just saying to you, you are European, they might be able to say, okay, now you're this percentage Irish and this percentage French and this percentage um, German, let's say. And then they can fine tune it more and more and more. So they're constantly working on that. So some people are using it strictly to find out their ethnicity and some people are doing it for the DNA. So if you want to reach out to some of those people, there's a way of contacting them through the app. And I've probably gotten maybe a 50-50 response. Some people just do not respond to you and other people have been great. And every person who's ever contacted me, I've always responded to. And so, most of the time it's been negative. Yeah, sorry, I'm, I never heard of that person. Mm-hmm. But every time someone responds to me, I'm like, hey, thanks so much for responding. So mm-hmm. many people don't. They'll go, yeah, you're right. So many people don't. And and it's interesting because this would I, I imagine this would be really helpful for for two reasons I'm thinking of is you know one for people who are adopted who are looking for their their blood relatives and then the second part of that would be for again back to the health you know you you want to know if you have heart disease in your family for example and is there a component that talks about that at all is there like how much you of this is health information DNA zero. Okay. You would have to buy uh, the DNA Health, uh-huh. okay. and I don't want to do that. And oh, there's other but places you can, you can if do you want to. Twenty three and Me. Uh huh. Yeah, you can do Twenty Three and Me. There's a fact I'm going to do once they put that on sale. I want to do a Twenty Three and Me DNA test because mm-hmm. those are supposed to be a little more accurate and a, an easier way of finding who your relatives are. And the reason why I know that is because I found someone who actually lives not too far from me, who is a cousin. But we can't, all we can figure out, it's on my father's side of the family. And, but we can't figure out who that common relative is. Mm-hmm. And she did it through 23andMe. And she also did Ancestry and she preferred 23andMe results. Though there are some people who don't like it for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not really sure, but they, they have other reasons why they don't like 23andMe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of her DNA test, she found out that her father isn't her father. Oh, that she is the product of an affair. Oh wow! So that's why some people don't yeah. want the want to be using so she, it. Yeah, she was. <laughs> they so rather just keep that to that themselves. <laughs> yeah. So she. So she, but she was figuring things. I mean, she didn't. You know, obviously the DNA didn't say, "Hey, guess mm-hmm. what?" But just putting pieces mm-hmm. together and finding people and hearing information, she's like, "Oh my God, wow. my mother cheated on my father, oh, and no. my father isn't my father." No. So she's telling me this story. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know, like mind blown because you know we we actually met in person <gasps> and oh, we were talking about it. But that was a story that if I knew how she was related and could put her in my tree, I would never put that on ancestry. Right. Exactly. That yeah. would go in my private, uh-huh. yeah. you know, my private, um, computer, uh, uh, um, mm-hmm. 
tree because that's not something I'm going to tell other people. That's okay. not my place now, to tell. Now tell me about this. So now that you're populating this, and if, I don't know if this is something I'm sure you've given it some thought, talk to me about like digital estate planning. Does this become part of your digital estate? Like how are you going to pass this information on to your kids? Like let's just pretend for a moment that at least one out of your three kids is really interested in it and wants to carry it on. Can they pick up where you left off and can they hook into yours? I mean, what is it about this that you can pass on to another relative? Like let's say, you know, I finally get into it in my, you know, 70s and then I croak. <laughs> it's like, but I didn't, you know, I wanted, I didn't want to just leave it all there and all that hard work for nothing. Can it be picked up somehow? Can you will it? Um, well, I can't think of offhand. I can't think of what it's called. Um, let me let me look here. I wonder if there's you something can, you can put in your uh, will about it. I mean, I'm, you I can, imagine you can leave you the password can, or something behind, right? To lock well, into it. then it would be me, and they'd want to be like if it mm-hmm. was if you sent yours to Keegan, mm-hmm. Keegan would be the key person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you'd want to change that a little bit. Oh, oh, I can't. It's escaping me right now. What they call it when you you can export the data to upload to somewhere else. Okay, so, so if I said I don't it want a get ancestry com? anymore, I want to use yes, that's thank you. Okay. I, I you was can I was reading that. that. I was going to ask you that. I can move that. Yeah, I can move that into my heritage if I want to use my heritage. I've looked at my heritage. I've looked at Genie, Jenai, whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. So freaking confusing. Mm. And the only reason I looked at Jenai is I met up with a, with a cousin on my mother's side who unfortunately passed away from cancer a few years ago. But the way that works is so weird. If she started my tree, which means she's the owner of my tree. Oh. So if, if she puts in wrong information in about me, mm. like my birthday's October. So if she puts September and I went in and changed it to October, then she's like, oh, you can't do that. Only I can do that because I own your tree. Oh. I'm like, but that's me. Yeah. I, I just didn't like it. It's the I, database. Like anyone that's, that I am. Yeah. It's not shareable, it sounds like. But it's, it's like a permissions it's like thing. It's managed. Because I went in and I changed a few things because she had wrong dates on a lot of people yeah. and she like kind of like yelled at me. Oh, like, no. you can't do that. You have, huh. I'm just like, that's, but it's wrong. Huh. Well, then yeah. you have to tell me that it was wrong. And, and then like, she has oh, to do it. But is, then you're at the mercy of that person correcting it. And that's not cool. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I don't like, and then if, again, I'll use you as an example. I find that's out what that I'm here for. a relative. I can, I can tell them, show me how we're related. Oh my God. You should see how some of them are. Oh. Melissa is your second cousin's wife's husband's sister's boyfriend's, you know, babysitters, dog walkers, <laughs> and I'm just, you know, no way. And I'm just looking at this going. It lists you like a whole are, litany of things. I look at some of them. Go, are you out of your mind? Wow. It'll just come up with it. like. Is that because people, other email, people, like, put it in there, or is it like, did it, does it algorithmically figure it no, out? It's, Yes, it does. Yes. Yeah. If, I mean, obviously, if it's something simple like your mother and my mother were sisters, it'll just say Melissa is your first cousin. First cousins. OK, because because you, I, I have it, heard phrases like first cousin once removed. And I, that does oh, yeah, kind of confuse and, me. Like, what does that mean? Removed? Right. And I did have that. I Yes, I did have that here, too. OK, so you've heard first cousin once removed or second great uncle or something like that. And it's it's really confusing. What I used to do is if. If your mother and my mother were first cousins, I would consider you and I second cousins, but yeah. actually we're first cousins once removed oh. because your mother and my mother are first cousins. We are each the offspring 
of them. So we are first cousins, but one generation removed. Oh, that's what it means. One generation removed. Okay. That makes more sense now. Yes. It is so confusing. Yeah. So what's nice about ancestry is it it discloses the relationship of a person to you. So it'll, so if, so what it will happen is if you put information about your mother's sister, it'll show that under, underneath the death date, you know, it doesn't matter if they're dead or alive, it'll show the relationship. So it'll say aunt. Uh-huh. So you know that, okay, uh, the person I'm looking at right now is my aunt, but there's no way to figure out how one person's related to another. So you can't go on your account and say, well, how is my father related to my cousin? Mm-hmm. you can only see how you're related to your father and how you are related to your cousin, but not how your cousin's related to your father. But if we were related and we were both using it and we had this conversation and you wanted to know, how am I related to this person? You're like, oh, well, I'm related to this person too. Like, I guess you could show screenshots of your side and my side and then we could compare somehow. I guess it still wouldn't answer the question, but right. yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's I, interesting. It wouldn't show me how you are related to my cousin. Mm-hmm. So I could say to you, okay, this person is my second cousin's twice removed. And you could say, well, she's my first cousin once removed. Hmm. That doesn't really yeah, help. Doesn't, yeah. It's like what I, like, I, I know one time I was trying to do, I was trying to figure out who, pe- I had like a piece of paper and it was my maternal. There's to be some way to draw a line two, to how they're connected. Two, two sisters. So I had like my great grandma, sister, sister. Mm-hmm. And then I'm trying to show the relationship between the cousins. Like, okay, how are the, how are those people cousins to my mother? Mm-hmm. Because it was her, you know, and I'm like drawing all these pictures, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out who's related to who. So hmm. yeah, so that, that'll help you with that. So that's, that's just an overview. Well, talk to me real ancestry. quick about, go back to Gedcom for a second, because when you started out, you were talking okay. about you know, Mac Family Tree and, you know, a couple of their software. There's individual software apps that you can install on your iPad, your iPhone, your Mac, you know, your your PC, your mm-hmm. computer. And that software just mm-hmm. runs on those devices. And that software links up to through an online connection or not. So like you said, you know, if you're traveling and you want to look something up, it's in there in the hard drive. But if you want something more, you'll have to connect, I guess, to a database online to be able to, to get some of the information. Okay, my... My ancestry is because it's online, mm-hmm. it, it's synced all over, you know, mm-hmm. computer, my ancestry app, you know, cause I don't use the website. I, I don't, you know, I use the app. You have the ancestry so app because of, and, and is there an app yeah, for so like, all the platforms for ancestry? So it's a, a software app that can be installed and run probably, as a program. Probably for windows, mm-hmm. probably for windows. You have I, it I for, don't see why it wouldn't. you have it on your iPhone, it for my your phone Mac and for my iPad and your iPad, mm-hmm. but not on your Mac. Because on your Mac, no, you use Family Mac, Tree. No, you use the website. Oh, on the website. Okay. No, when I use Ancestry, I use the website. Okay. On my Mac. But on my phone I, and my iPad, I use the Ancestry app. Is there not an Mac app Family for the Tree, Mac I use for Ancestry? No. I see. No, okay. you go right to the website. So a website on the computer, the, apps That's where on the all phone. the documents are. Okay. Correct. Then Mac Family Tree, I keep the, um, the tree is an iCloud. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's synced on all my devices through iCloud. And you have Mac Family so, Tree on all your, on your Mac, your iPhone, and your iPad. All three of those. Correct. So then, so if we were just to say, like, hone in on your iPad, you've got the Ancestry app on your iPad, and you've got the Mac Family Tree on your iPad. Now, tell me about how those two talk to each other. They're based off of the Gedcom file. They right? do not. Oh, they don't. 
They do not talk to each other. Ah. There are apps if you are on Windows that do that Ancestry does talk to. Uh-huh. See, I always so thought it was all based on get back and forth. Because if you like, let's say you got a different computer or let's say your computer was burnt in a fire or something, you got a new computer. I thought that you could re-download the GEDCOM database that's like hosted somewhere in a server somewhere that saves yes, all your work. You can. Okay. Yes, you can. That's why it's in iCloud. So how does... So all I'd have to do is just pull it down. So what's the, what's the connection between Mac Family Tree and Ancestry? You go to Ancestry to get no the information. Connection. So you manually get stuff out of Ancestry and put it into... Correct. I see. Okay. okay, for example, okay, I'm looking at me. Um, there is uh, my uh, a listing of when I was born in New York City. So what I do is when I find that record and I go, yep, that's me. That was my birthday. That's where I was born. That was the hospital I was born in. What I do is there's a print. I hit the print button and then it opens up in preview. And then I go to where it says more settings and I open it as a PDF and then I rename it, you know, Elisa Birth. And then I save it to my desktop and then I drag it into Mac Family Tree next to the line for birth. And does it make a copy of it so that if you delete that file from your desktop, it's still in Mac Family Tree? It's in Mac Family Tree. Okay. So you could delete that file then from your desktop and, you know, clean it up or something. Yes. And you'll still have a copy of it. Oh, yeah. That's what I do. Sounds like almost I, like iTunes in a way. In. Like if you dragged an MP3 there, yeah. it would copy it in if you have it set that way. Okay. Yeah. It copies it in. And then when I'm all done for the day, then I go through and like delete, 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 uh, delete. Yeah. Like right now, my desktop has a ton of pictures that I downloaded from somebody. Uh -huh. So when it's raining this week, I'm going to go back through. And in fact, I've got some family members I have to email them to and say, hey, I just found all these pictures of this person you could put in your tree. Uh -huh. And so that's, that's, it sounds like that's how your workflow is set up to do that. So it sounds like you're digitally harvesting. So you're going to Ancestry and harvesting that tree. You're like shaking the tree to see what falls out, right? And then you take those apples or whatever that comes down and you stick those in your Mac family tree to make your own, your own tree, populate your own stuff on, on your end. Right. And my own tree on my Mac has more that's information the again because of the... Because of the, you know, the private stuff that I find or someone tells me about more photos. So again, you and I related and you say, hey, here's a picture of Uncle Joe. You send me that email. I put it in Mac Family Tree. I do not put it on Ancestry. Right. Okay. So it's all about harvesting from, from that. which resource or which garden or which, you know, which place that you get the fruits, if you will then you put them all in your Mac family tree. And then that, that way you have the best of both worlds. You, you have what's on Ancestry that's public knowledge, and then you have on Mac family, which is public and private combined. But there's, there's ways to have things private in Ancestry or no? Ancestry is all public? It's, it's either public or private. Okay. So you have, you have you choices You make your in tree both. public or you make your tree private. Mm -hmm. But if you make it public, anyone who's still alive is automatically private. Mm-hmm. So, Unless you share your tree with another person, then that person can see everything. But if, you know, I look at your tree, I don't see your husband, I don't see your kids, I don't see your parents because they're all alive. And now, what would it look like for you if you abandoned Mac Family Tree? Like, would you be able to do, or I guess the better question is, tell me, what is it that you can do with Mac Family Tree that you cannot do with Ancestry that keeps you using both things? Like, I, I get why you have to use Ancestry, because that's where you harvest the information from. Because Mac Family Tree is just blank. I mean, it doesn't give you anything. But what would happen if you, I mean, do you need to have 
Mac family tree? Can you do everything that you're accomplishing no. in Ancestry all on its own? Yes, a lot of people do. A lot okay. of people keep it online. They don't want, for whatever their reasons, I want something separate. What if okay. I decide to quit Ancestry? Yeah, exactly. I will always have access to my tree if I quit because mm -hmm. like, I didn't have it for July, three months over the summer. Because mm -hmm. uh, my, my subscription expired July 3rd. They didn't have their 4th of July sale like they normally do. And I said, well, I'm outside in the pool anyway, so it'd be a waste of money. And then in September, they're like, we want you back. So mm -hmm. I got the the uh, all access for half price. So I'm good for the next six months. Okay, that I'm makes like, sense. Okay, great. Fine. So Ancestry is a membership that you have to kind of keep going. Correct. And then that way, if you right. choose to like, okay, I've had enough. Or I've gone as far as I can get with this or, or whatever. I need a break from this. I'm not going to be paying for it. I'm going on vacation. I'm, I'm not going to be spending that time doing that. Then you can save the money on the membership and just be happy with what you have in your Mac family tree. And then when you're ready to pick it back up again, then you could go back to harvesting the information. So that makes sense. And you always have, you always have access to your tree. Mm-hmm. So you can't add anything to your tree, mm -hmm. but you can always have access to it. So it becomes like read only as opposed to read write. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you always have access to your tree. If you took a DNA test, you have access to your DNA. You just cannot reach out to somebody mm -hmm. without a membership. Without paying. So that makes sense. You have to, yes, so it's like you can't reach play. out to someone. Right. Whereas with your Mac family tree, if you come up with other information, maybe you did a Google search and you found something, because I have also found information via Google, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, coming up to a newspaper or a website or something. Um, you know, we have, we've got some on both sides of the family. We've got people who worked in federal government. We've got people, I've got a, a, an uncle who's a judge, well, was a judge, mm -hmm. great uncle who was a judge, uh, one who worked for the VA in Washington. Uh, worked in the Franklin uh, Franklin Roosevelt administration. I had someone who worked in the Obama administration. Mm, interesting. Um, you know, so uh, uh, Hal Holbrook is married to know. into our family. Uh huh. Interesting. Yeah. So we've got a lot of people who you know that you don't have to use a genealogy website to find some of this information. So just do uh, Google searches for a person's name and you find out a bunch of stuff there too. So that I can add into my tree. And so you could populate your Mac family tree on your computers, you know, your devices and stuff. And because so, that's probably what I would do is I would probably start out with Mac family tree and gather what I can gather just, you know, locally or, you know, from talking to people and populate it. And then when I'm ready or when I can afford it or if somebody gifted it to me or something like that, then that's when I would go then and start working with Ancestry alongside of it, I guess. So the Mac family tree is right. more of an independent thing and you can just kind of work on it at your own pace and not have to keep paying a monthly fee. I mean, is that, it ends up kind of being like when, if you were to upgrade every year, it would be an annual fee. So you're still paying, but you don't have to is the thing. You can do it. Yeah. With Ancestry, you can do it monthly, six months or a year. And is there so a price breakdown? Budget. Do you get like a, yeah, a perk for doing website. it annually, I guess? It Well, it ends up being about the same. Okay. It's. But there's sales and things like that. There's opportunities. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. At least twice a year they do sales. So you have, you can look at that. And you can um, export. Plus if you sign up for their mailing list, you get an email. Yeah. You can export the JEDCOM. Mm -hmm. So if you decide, I don't want Ancestry more. I want to go to MyHeritage. And then import you can that. Just export into, it. Import right. it into my MyHeritage. Mm -hmm. um, if you have information on Ancestry that you want to add to your tree. So you say, I know my mom was, you know, my mom was born on this date and she married my dad on this date and she graduated high school here and she graduated college here. Da, da. But you don't have the records to back it up. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Just 
fill it all in. Yeah, because it's a placeholder for you to put information in there later. Because some of the records you might not find, because, for example, they only go to 1940 for the census. The 1950 census won't be released until April of 2022. Oh. There's a 72-year mandatory uh, wait oh, before I had you, no the idea. next census comes out. Wow. So you're not going to get the 1960 census until um, 2032. Interesting. So I'm never going to see my name on the census until 1970 because I was born in 1960, but I'm, you know, was uh, born after the census. Interesting. So you're not going to see me until 1970. Hmm. hmm. Which who knows if I'll still be alive at that point, but you'll be frozen, <laughs> cryogenically preserved. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. Yeah. So the, there's a limit because I think it's just for privacy issues. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Almost you like don't a... want people to look at the 2000 census. Mm. Almost like a copyright. Yeah, because they something. would see. Yeah, because I think they assume that by that point, most people will will be either deceased or much old. You know, at least seventy two years old. Mm-hmm. That any information that was exposed couldn't like hurt the family or something. Or yeah, enough time has passed. And then there's certain records you're not going to be able to find because they're just not publicly available. Mm-hmm. Um, like, um, you know, I I've gotten some records of marriage in New York City, Brooklyn, where my family is from, but not all of them because not all of them are online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you run into these brick walls and just go, yeah. oh, you know. Well, and that's what's happening with, with my family. I know that, you know, for some of these things, you just, you have to like literally get on the plane and go fly out there to the country and go get, go get the stuff on your own. You can't just get it online. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So as far as um, the genealogy is concerned, um, I want to put it out to the listeners. Is this something that you're interested in? Do you want to hear more about genealogy? And if you do want to hear more about genealogy, do you want to hear it in long form like we did tonight? Or would you just rather hear a tidbit here and there? Like, here's a quick tip about something pertaining to genealogy. Or do you say, I don't care about <laughs> genealogy. Don't talk about it again. Or if there's, okay. if there's sales yeah. that are going on and we happen to be recording at the time or, you know, I mean, we don't always have to publish something just when we podcast. We we can post it on the website, you know, on the blog. And if there's something that's that's available. So that would be another good reason maybe to subscribe to the blog if we start posting, you know, sales or, you know, more more pertinent information that's happening at the time. You know, it's just, it's something that I know you're, you're passionate about Lisa. And it's something that I've always wanted to get into. It's something that fascinates me. And I just, it's like, it's that rabbit hole. You know, I just, I just need to get into it. And when I get into it, I'm sure that I'll get in pretty, pretty deep. And then I'll be able to talk about a a whole bunch of other stuff. I know, I know, for example, in in Max Family Tree, you can, I think you can even share stuff between between that that without ancestry. You know, if like if my mom and I, that's what I what I do want to do with my mom in the future is like I she's getting gathering information and I'm putting stuff together and I would love to be able to set something up and just Mac family tree and then if she gets it then we can share it just between us between those th- two things until we're ready to go public you know an ancestry or or not you know that sort of thing. So I know that there's a sharing component or- in that too. Or just put what you want. You know, mm-hmm. like I said, if there's certain information, certain stories that she told you or photos or just pieces of information that she does not want out there in the public, mm-hmm. just don't put that on Ancestry. Right. Just leave it on Mac Family Tree and put what's publicly available on Ancestry. Is there a, a marker in the app that, that you can put like a flag or a tag? Like, can you can you tag it private or is there some kind of visual indicator that shows on ancestry on either of them that shows what's on, public? Well, you can private. flag things on, well, you can flag things on 
Mac family tree. I don't think you can. I think on Ancestry, it's either public or it's not. Mm-hmm. I see. Based on their algorithm. I don't think you can say, yeah, I, I don't think that you can say, well, it's okay to let this person know when this, you know, it's a, it's okay to let the public know when this person lived and died, but I don't want them to know who their spouse is. Or how is. they died or that sort of thing. Whereas in Mac Family Tree, yeah, you can have more control over that privacy because you can designate what's private by putting a note but in there. Really really, but you don't really need to do that because it's yours. Mm-hmm. Mac Family Tree isn't public. Mm-hmm. I, I keep thinking yours. about like what happens if it's get if it's passed on. That That's something we could explore for another time in the future. And, and that is actually another topic that I want to talk about in the future is digital state planning. And this kind of, you know, works into that somehow. So I would want to explore that further, you know, in another episode where we talk about what you pass down digitally. And and so that's why I keep asking about that because I keep thinking about, okay, but what if, what about when I'm gone and I have given access to this database that I've worked so hard on all these years to my children or somebody or, or even a cousin or somebody that I trusted? I would want that cousin to know that, hey, you know, I collected this information, but, you know, don't share these, you know, things. These are just for our own personal knowledge or something like that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, there's, I, there's definitely more to talk about in the, in the future. I think, I, again, I think it could be like a segment or, or something that we do on future episodes. But again, like you said, you know, uh, if people are listening and they want to know more about it, send us your specific questions. You know, what questions do you have for Lisa or, or I, mm-hmm. you know, about these types of topics, whether it's genealogy or digital state planning, all that kind of stuff, you know, how do you, how do you uh, gather that information and, and what do you do with it once, once it's on your computer? So reach out to us and, uh, where can they do that again? Yeah. I think they can do it at podcast at geekyshowever.com. I think you're right. They can also go to just the website at geekyshowever.com. Or you can reach out to us on social media. Uh, you can reach out to me. I'm the Mac Mommy online all over. And Elisa, you are? At Sensei Dai on Twitter. So feel free to reach out. And like I said, I am far from the expert, but if you have a question and I can answer it, I will be happy to do so. You're pretty darn close to it. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. This is, this is a great topic. I'm really glad that we talked about this. I look forward to talking about it some more. Good. Okay. So listeners, thank you so much for listening tonight and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a great week and stay safe. to the Tech Fan Podcast, because if you're not, well, you may not live long enough to regret it. Remember, it's called the Tech Fan Podcast. Listen, and you won't regret it. Alisa, you are? At Sensei Dai on Twitter. So feel free to reach out. And like I said, I am far from the expert. But if you have a question and I can answer it, I will be happy to do so. You're pretty darn close to it. <laughs> I love this. This is this is a great topic. I'm really glad that we talked about this. I look forward to talking about it some more. Good. Okay. So, listeners, thank you so much for listening tonight, and we will talk to you in a couple of weeks. Have a great week and stay safe. <laughs>
I'd better be listening to the Tech Fan Podcast, because if you're not, well, you may not live long enough to regret it. Remember, it's called the Tech Fan Podcast. Listen, and you won't regret it.